2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
3: Wrestle,
2: wrestle, wrestle, huh, Wrestle, 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 And what were you doing at the time other than wrestling? So I think when I was younger, I played like a year
1: of soccer, a year of t-ball, but really all I did was wrestle. And then I played football. Not like seriously. I just played for like the Pop Warner team, and we were good. Like we took second in the state one year. It was my big football claim. <laughs> my team took second in the state. We should have won. We got cheated out of our of our state title.
2: This under eight years old. No, no, no. no.
1: They- I was in like sixth grade. Okay. I wrestled until I was in eighth. Or I played, played football, football until I was in eighth grade. But wrestling, I was always the most serious about. Like traveling all around, doing all that. The football. I just played, and like however good my team did in the season was how good they were, and then yeah. whatever. But your dad yeah. gave
2: you to talk at eight years old, nine years I, old. You know, I'm ten, probably closer to
1: nine or ten. But yeah, he was literally like, "Hey, you know," and I didn't even understand. Like I, now I get. It. He was talking about like you're gonna miss birthday parties and you know senior prom, like whatever things you I happen to miss along the way. And like he's like, "But you could be really good." He's like, "But there's also people who do all those things and they're not good." And I was like, "Yeah." He said, but you won't be good if you don't make some sacrifices and, and take this really seriously. So do you want to be really good? I was like, yeah, definitely. He's like, okay, well, let's do it. But it's funny because I definitely understood I wanted to be good, but didn't really understand what he meant by that. But I, he was, but like he
2: understood. But now in his head, was he thinking really good state champ, NCAA champ, Olympic champ? I think he was just like,
1: let's see how far it takes you. With, with, with. Everyone's like, oh, if my kid was a world champ, like, obviously that's the pinnacle, right? But I don't know if he was like, I'm going to make my kid a world champ, or if he was like, let's just make him really good and see how far that goes. My dad makes the joke, like, he wanted to get me good because he used to say that, like, he'd get so nervous for my matches that he wanted me to get so good that he'd never have to get nervous. And he's like, that was the biggest mistake I've ever made. He's like, all I do is get nervous now. He's like, I have, my dad's joke. I I lose more sleep over your matches now than I ever would have when you were seven. Oh,
2: yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? But right. the expectations now were now, both of your well, parents athletes oh good.
1: yeah, so so yeah, my dad wrestled. he started wrestling like middle school, um wrestled through through college. He was division three all American. My mom played soccer and was probably a better like natural athlete than my dad, like more naturally athletic relative to like her yeah peers or whatever. But my dad was like cut a bunch of weight, worked super hard, like tougher. Not tougher, but like cut weight, you know, all that stuff, like tough. But just wasn't a super natural athlete. And I think part of it was because he he like played sports as a kid, but probably didn't take any of them so seriously. Or, and maybe, and you know, I, I don't know a ton about, my, like my dad doesn't really talk about himself that often. So I only know like the little things I've heard. But, you know, for us it was like, and we weren't great natural athletes by any means. Like I sucked at catching, I couldn't throw, I would, I'm a slow runner. And we just kind of like worked, you know what I mean? We did a lot, like I just did a lot of, you know, a lot of work, a lot of wrestling, a lot of, we didn't, I didn't lift a ton. Like I was a pretty weak kid, really flexible. We, we worked that a lot. Just kind of stuff that like, I can't make you tall. I can't make you run fast, but I can make you flexible. I can make you coordinated. I can make you have good body awareness. I can make you Wrestling athletic right where I can teach you how to move your feet well And I can I can get you a level change like those kind of things so we really hammered those but like we make the joke Like I'm um, if you watch me wrestle, you'd be like wow this guy's such a great athlete But if you watch me like play backyard football you'd be like what happened to him?
2: Well, this is a perfect sport for a guy like that. Yeah, you.
1: right yeah. and it was really because I, I'm not and I'm not an athlete But we just trained me in such
2: a way to like, how did he do that? And when did that start? because there's there's technical training, but there's balance, there's like body awareness. That started pretty young. Like my dad did a lot of exercises
1: with us that are definitely unorthodox. Like we did a lot of, we'd wrestle with our eyes closed and just like feel, feel the weight and everything. And we would like wrestle and you'd hop on one foot and the other guy would just try to push you. And not even wrestling, I'm just trying to push you over so that you get like that coordination. We did like, and we did a lot of like burpees and pull-ups and stuff like that where it was not a lot but that was like all we did we didn't lift so it was a lot of like calisthenics where you know my bench wasn't great but i was kind of strong because it was like coordination balance i was coordinated i was i was always in good shape so i never got like tired which would get me hurt you know what i mean so we were always in shape because we trained pretty hard and that kind of stuff we trained hard like when the time was right you know but generally, we just did a lot of exercises where my dad's like, oh, he's, he's kind of uncoordinated, he stumbles around a lot. So let's do some footwork drills. And we would just do like, moving around in my stance and you know, I'm moving and then randomly he'd be like, sprawl and you drop your hands, or shoot and you shoot, you know what I mean? Where it's just kind of stuff where, an example would be a normal coach has their drills that they run. And my dad's biggest, complaint with having things that are this is how we do things is that sometimes what i need and like what he needs are different different things so like for me it got to the point like i was always a really flexible kid we stretched like i didn't need to do that as much as i you know there were some times where my foot footwork was awful but you have other kids who are stiff as a board and have amazing feet you know what i mean like they're they're all over the place so it, it it's you know it's a little bit need based for one, and the other part of that is that um, it, my dad was really, he's, a, he's an intelligent guy, so he would be like, okay, let's just work backwards. What do we need him to be? We need him to be this, this, and this, so let's try to figure out things we can do to, to make him closer to that, which would, you know, coordinated, athletic, flexible, you know, wrestling IQ, those kind of things.
2: And now, okay, so that's how he was working you physically. How about mentally? What were things your dad your mom were saying to you that were grooming you, so to speak, mentally? I believe in myself, it's fun, hard work, whatever. So my dad's big, um,
1: so my, just an idea of kind of how we were raised. My dad was very philosophical, had these, you know, you talk about how a person behaves. That was kind of like my mother. My mom was like, how's your day? How's school? Like, how are your friends? That kind of stuff. Our, like day to day, I mean she stayed home, you know what I mean, and, and took care of us, like that kind of stuff. And my dad had these grandiose, you know, I want my kids to be disciplined, I want them to be hardworking. I want them to be tough, I want them to be, but those are the kind of things I can't just be like, be tough, right. you know what I mean? So that was like what my dad had these really big like, you know, when my kid's an adult, I want him to be this list of things. Right. And that was kind of what he addressed was, alright, let's work on that. So from a mental standpoint, like in practice, Just wait for this door close. Can we edit this a little bit? (laughs) So, like from from a mental standpoint in practice, my dad was really big on like psychological warfare with us. And like he had some buddies who were, you know, air marshals or in the army. So he would be like, All right, what you guys do? And basically what he learned is a lot of stuff when you're comfortable, it's pretty easy for you to work hard. So he was like, How can I get them uncomfortable as soon as possible? So my dad would give us these talks. He'd be like, hey, today I'm gonna to be rotten to you. Like, I'm gonna be so mean. I'm gonna make you cry. You're gonna definitely cry. And like you're 10, it's not hard to make a 10 year old cry. So he'd come in and he'd be like, you look stupid. You're like a big baby. And then you would rest alive. And if you got scored on, he'd be like, oh, that was horrible. And like, it doesn't, especially when you're a hyper competitive 10 year old, like a little bit and you yeah. just start yeah, snapping yeah. and then you're crying. And he's like, okay, now let's get you to push. And then and then it was like as much of a battle of like, all right, don't cry. Like, stop crying, this kind of stuff.
2: So he would step out of the, he'd be in the role. He'd step out of the like, role.
1: Stop and crying. Encouragement. What are you doing? Stop crying. What are you crying for? And my dad's big thing was that there's three things that kind of my dad worked around. I'm, gonna, I'm about to ramble. So, no, it's good. my dad's big things were he wanted us to be, he wanted us to be these like tough, resilient, you know, unwavering people, because his whole thing was that in here, I can control, like, and in, in, at our home or at practice, like, our parents were in control. Like, yes, they're pushing me, and it, when you're 10, it feels like the end of the world because your dad's yelling at you, but, like, at any moment, he could pull the plug, and, like, everything was yeah. back to normal. He's like, the world is not like that. When you're down, like, the phrase, like, never kick a man while he's down is not true. He's like, you get kicked when you're down all the time, and you have to be ready to get kicked while you're down, and then kicked again and kicked again, and sometimes when all that happens, you're also on your own. So you gotta be able to to take that. And you can't, like obviously you're, you know, he's like, he always like, you have your brothers, you have your parents, but sometimes you don't, and you gotta like take that. So that was his big thing was like, you need to be able to withstand, and obviously wrestling, but just like the world, whatever is thrown at you, you have to be able to withstand that. Because there's gonna be times where, like just for me, you know, I'm gonna be on my own, but also sometimes it's like, I'm getting kicked, I'm on my own. And, like, there's people that are depending on me, like, you know, theoretically, like you're, if, like, you're, like, you're a father, like, there's people that are depending on you, and you're down, and you're being kicked, and it kind of feels like you're the only one, and you might have to deal with all those things. So that was, like, from a life perspective. And kind of my dad's way of doing it was, he'd make us really uncomfortable, he'd, he'd emotionally stress us, so he'd be like, we're, we're wrestling matches, we're keeping a score, you're down 5-0. And then he's cheating the matches to make sure we keep losing. And then he's like, And if you lose, you have to stay in until you win. But now it's like, dude, I'm exhausted. How am I gonna win? I'm like and little stuff like that. But all those little doubts, he's like picking on him too, like, Oh, I know you're exhausted. I have no idea. How you know what I mean? Little yeah. But the point of that was after a while you get to a point where you're like, Let's go. And once you get to that, then it's like So free you're so free. Right. You got all this weight that's off your back. Because now it's like, okay, torture me, like make me do extra i'll take it i don't care lie to me i'm ready to be lied to you like you say this last one and then it's one more okay one more
2: mm-hmm.
1: but be, but once you get that then it's like you can roll with anything and it kind of from a wrestling perspective it's like bad calls bad weight cut just life pressure match pressure like whatever let's go because you've been stressed like he he put us in these like incredibly stressful situations where we're getting yelled at and there's a bunch of pressure and the the workout's hard so we're exhausted like once or twice a week. So it's like, man, every week I'm in this situation where I'm like almost going to cry. And it, like eventually you're like, no, I'm good. And you tough it out, right? And then when you're on the other side of it, the the most important part of all this is that after all of that, my dad would be like, hey, I was really mean to you today. And like, I'm doing it on purpose. I know it's sucks. So-. He'd give us this whole talk about why he's doing it. Because it's really easy when you're 10 to become resentful. You know what I mean? Of like, if it's always hard, 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 with no like reason, because that was part of it. Was like people always talk to us about getting burnt out. Like you're gonna get burnt out. You're pushed too hard. But my dad would be like, well, no, because what, I think what burns you out is just working hard for no reason. And and that's people say like there's there's always a reason to work hard, but when you're 10, like there isn't. So you have to explain to me why I'm doing this. Even when you're 12, 14, 15, like. I don't, I don't really, why Why am I doing this? Yeah. The other kids aren't doing this, why am I? Okay. So it's just that little like, hey, I'm pushing you because you need to get tougher because if you're not tough, it's not gonna work. Oh, okay. All right, good job today. You did really good. Like, let's order some pizza for dinner. And then like, like we just might just make the joke, like he would torture us. Like we, I mean, we're like crying and I don't want to do this alright.
2: We and then, be at home or some or at home in our garage, day.
1: right in our house. And then he'd let my friends like stay over for an hour and we'd watch TV and he'd let us order pizza and chicken wings and it was like It, was all, it all didn't, long, happen. It didn't even happen. It didn't even happen <laughs> yeah. in our head. You know what I mean? But but the lessons from that like stick every time. So that was kind of like the third thing with my dad was like, you gotta get him hooked. So like and in the beginning, it was like every time we went to practice, we got ice cream or we got a snack or we'd get like Whatever we, we our friend could come over like almost every single time we practiced we, there was a little reward in there or like even something stupid like we could stay up till 9:30 instead of 9 o'clock but like when you're when you're nine years old like that's, that's a big deal it's a big yeah, win. That's a win that's like one more TV episode or whatever but after after a while you're hooked now you're like all right I want to go to practice because every time I go to practice something good happens but when you're you don't make that connection but that's what happens right and then once you start doing this all the time you're like well, I'm practicing all the time like I want to win. And then once that happens, now it's like the hook is set. Right. Because now you're like, well, I'm losing. I want to win. I want to I do more. I hate losing. Then mental, physical, emotional pressure will start pushing you harder. Because now it's like I'm leaning into it because I, I don't want to lose. I want to be better. This is something I care about and take really seriously. But it's like a process. My dad had a good, that's what I'm saying. He had a very long-term vision where it was like, get him hooked build them up after every workout. Now they want to win. Okay. Let's address that. Put it into words. You want to win. You're going to have to work harder. Okay. Start to put that pressure on them. break them down. And then after practice, be like, Hey, it's okay. Build them back up. And sometimes we'd get broken down and he'd be like, yeah, today you kind of sucked. And then you're like, you sulk on it. But now it's like, we
2: want it. So it was different. You could push that way. You know what I mean? Was this every day? Or at a certain age, it started to become every day where you were doing this? You know, not every day was hard. He was putting in time with you. Every like one, day was something. and he like, was doing something with you every day. Yeah, and my dad makes a joke,
1: like, we only practice, like, four or five days a week. But that didn't mean that we weren't, like, going in the garage. Because it was our house. We weren't going in there for 30 minutes to, like, work on something. And then my dad was like, that doesn't count as practice. Practice is, like, we're training. You know, I'm mean, a full two-hour workout. But we had a lot of just – or, like, you know, we're watching matches or – you know, talking about, we talk about wrestling. Like me and my dad, I would say 90% of our conversations are about wrestling. And it's not cause like we have nothing else to talk about, but it's like my whole life we talked about it and it's something we're both really interested in. So it just comes up, <laughs> it always comes up, you know? But I think it was the kind of thing where it never felt like a lot because he wasn't like pushing all the time, but it was always something. Like that's what I mean, like 30 minutes in the garage, like a 30 minute, like one area, like you don't even, you're like, all right, this, whatever. Put your shoes on, do it, shower, and back to your whatever you're doing, you're like 10. But like that adds up after time. Or like sitting there, like when you're, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old and I give you a little information, like, we, hey, we're talking about, hey, did you see how we did that? I'm like, oh yeah, I guess so. Like all that stuff kind of sticks. Yeah. So like we wasn't pushing us every day, but we were doing something every day.
2: All right, and then what did your mom add to the equation?
1: So <laughs> there'd be times where when you're 10, you're crying, you're crying and our mom was always good cop. So our, our dad would build us up, but there were also some days that like, he, he'd he be hard on us and then after practice, he's like, yeah, today wasn't good. <laughs> and you're like, that's tough to accept when you're a little kid. <laughs> so our mom would be like, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay, you know? But um, yeah, and our mom, like, she'd all, like, if you asked her, she'd be like, well, you know, someone had to be nice to you. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> right, right. our dad, our dad like loved us, but he definitely pushed us, you know what I mean? And there were some days where, and we always knew, like, I'm, I'm making that joke, but like, we always knew he cared and it was coming from the right place. But there's some days where you're like, you're just mad at your dad because he's right. pushing you. And you're like, I don't, you know <laughs> what I mean? And, You go run to your mom and she like makes you good dinner and then they're like, oh you can stay up a little later tonight, like, oh, why don't you have one of your friends over this weekend? And you're like, okay, it wasn't that bad, (laughs) you know? And like you need that, especially when you're a kid, like, kids are so impressionable that, like a, a little win goes such a long way, like, something that as an adult is like not a big deal goes so far for a kid. Because their life is so regimented, like, like I keep making a joke, like staying up till 9.30 was like, that was, whole yeah. oh, dude, it was like life changing. And it was such a stupid like it did, it did nothing, you yeah. know what I mean? But it was like, that was such a win for us, you know what I mean? So it's like you just give them a little bit and it like makes all that go away because, because they do care. At the end of the day, they do care. So like they're going to want to do it more. You just have to make sure that they keep caring.
2: Well, makes sense, makes sense. Now fast forward to college. Okay, now you're in the hunt, you're in the mix. Yeah. You're always pointing to your head. What's yeah. that about? You and Coach Gray, we always see that.
1: Yeah, so my freshman year, Mike sat me down. At some point in the preseason was like, if the NCAA tournament was wrestled today, and it was just a skills contest, no strength, no conditioning, no grit, none of that, you'd win. He's like, but if we wrestled the tournament today, like, you'd probably take like sixth. I was like, what does that even mean? That's that. And when you're in high school, I'm like, what are you talking about? The best guy wins. But in college, like, there's a lot of other factors on, that get kind of watered down the skill. So there was that, and then the other thing that he always talked about is he was like you're tough in the sense that like I could because of how I was raised, I could take any amount of like pressure. So like you could you could push me really hard and yell at me and and stress me out, and I could take it. But I never like was inflicting of pressure onto others. Like you know, I never like wrestled overly hard or like. Put the heat, like we used to say, like put the heat on a guy, and you got to do that sometimes, yeah. because in college, like the guys will kind of fold if you put the heat on, them, if you do it the right way. So, kind of what Mike talked about was like, I was missing that. Like he's like, you're a great wrestler, but you you're missing like the athletic ability of a Division One national champ. So we did like we pushed me really hard in the lifts. We you know pushed me really hard in the conditioning, pushed me really hard with my my diet and, and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then pretty much every day, Mike would be like, all right, you have a task today. And it would be, you know, you have to get five takedowns on this guy in the five minute go, or you have to get three rower sprints after practice under a minute 50 pace or whatever. And, and sometimes they'd be, that's what I'm saying. So sometimes it'd be a skill. Sometimes it'd be conditioning. Sometimes it'd be like, all right, got to go heavier on your lat pull down today in the lift. But every day. And then he was brutally honest. We're like, there was no like, oh, well, you try. Like, if I didn't get it, he'd be like, yep, failed today. He failed. I'm like, he'd be like, today was not a national champ day. I'm like, okay. Which sucks to hear. But again, from a young age, I kind of heard stuff like that. So it was like, all right, you go home and you're just like, well, I had a bad day. But then on the good days, you're like, I'm awesome. Because it's like, and, and that was Mike's thing with me. It was like, it's all here. Because his whole point was that, like, I have the tools, I have the abilities. He said, like, if you don't win this year, it's because you didn't do enough of, like, this stuff. Yeah. You didn't do, push yourself enough because you have the skill, you have the ability, you, you know, you have all the all that. You're missing that, like, edge. You don't have an edge to you. So, and we talk about all the time how, like, you're going to have to go and dig through and get one. And, like, my freshman year, I had to get three of them. You know what I mean? I was losing in my quarters match with under 30 to go, losing in my finals match with under 30 to go. I was in overtime in my semis match. So like those were all matches that I had to like go get it. Right. And, and two of mine had to go get it late. So that's like the story behind all this was like, you always had it here, you need it here. Right. And there's a huge difference between when you're winning, being able to handle that pressure and when you're losing and having to go like take it from somebody, it's different. Right. And I, I needed to like go take it more.
2: Yeah, no, it makes sense. And then as time went on, okay, then now now you become a heavy favorite, right? You yeah. win it once. Now, now everyone scared. expects. uh oh, four-time NCAA champ right yeah. here, and now the heat is on all the time. So, and then like even after your matches in the semis, right, coming off, and it's like, well, I could have I could have performed better because, yeah, you know, it's it's tough not to wrestle not wrestle scared, but like you know, hey, it's, it's just tough. tough. There's a huge difference between.
1: Vito's dad. So Vito's dad's a two-time world champion. <laughs> yes. And he, he dropped this line on me. So I had won Cadet Worlds. And I was wrestling my second crew, Cadet Worlds. And Vogar, Vito's dad, dropped this line on me. He's like, anybody can win any tournament one time. Yeah. He's like, if you really want it, you win it twice.
2: Right.
1: And I, I never really got what he meant. And then I understood when I was in my like sophomore, junior, senior. Because after you win... Now the heat's so off. like my freshman year, it was Heil, Meredith, Ironman. I'm, I was... Nobody really thought anything about me. Maybe they did. But by the time they started getting ready to wrestle me, it's too late. Sorry they didn't see a turn. But you can bet, you know, March 22nd, when everyone got home on Sunday, they were like, all right, we got to figure out how to beat this kid. And then year year by year, it just gets more and more studied. And the challenge with that, I mean, on top of that, there's the external pressure where you know, when you're a freshman and you get a big win over the number two guy in the country, that's a big deal. When you're the number one guy in the country and you beat the number two guy in the country, it's it's just chalk. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Which is like... But, but, guy, guy but that guy didn't yeah. get any worse. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just the kind of thing where... Like my freshman year was actually the emotionally the easiest year. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean there's external things that play into those years as well. But it was just like I was hunting... And not that I wasn't the other years, but n- nobody was trying to beat me. <laughs> it was just kind of like everyone was getting in there. Especially because Heil was the two-time defending champ. Right. Like, if anything, he was that guy that everybody right. was like, well, we got to figure out how to beat him.
2: Right.
1: So, like, nobody, nobody walked into the preseason thinking, like, let's make sure we take out the true freshman. Everyone's like, let's take out Dean Heil. Right. But then I became that guy. And year by year, you know, it just gets tougher because the guys are getting better. Every year, I feel like the guys are getting better, are getting a little smarter, coaches are getting smarter. And if you're not constantly changing, adapting, evolving, like they're gonna figure it out. Everyone, you know what I mean? We talk about like, oh, this school or that school. Like Everyone knows what they're doing, Right. you know what I mean? So everyone's gonna be able to sit there and watch me wrestle and figure out what I'm doing and, and work on beating that. And if you keep working it long enough, eventually you're gonna figure it out. So then it's, ball's in my part. Ball is in my court. To be constantly changing and adapting, otherwise you fall behind and those guys catch you. You know what I mean? So that that was kind of the challenge, like those years to follow. Was yeah. like, how how can I stay ahead of the curve? And right. not, and you know, while I'm keeping these guys behind me, I'm also trying to catch the guys ahead of me. You know, the the world level guys, Rutherford, right. you know, Oliver, Molinaro, and then I started to be able to beat those guys, and then it was like, you know, a Mushikaev and Aliyev, and those guys, and how can I catch them? You know what I mean? So you're kind of war on two fronts in a way. And it's folk style and freestyle, so there's that added thing of like, I'm switching back and forth. Things that are working here aren't working here. You know? So it, it was a big mental challenge in the sense that I had to roll with what was going on. But at the same time, I, I also had to be creative enough to, to keep coming up with ways to keep these guys off my back and,
2: and catch the guys ahead of me. Right. No, because there's a lot of dynamics at play. And then yeah. this year you're going for a fourth national title. Clearly, I mean, it's, you know, there's a, more yeah, people have walked no, on the you, moon, I right? I mean, you, you can only lose. Yeah, right, <laughs> you know? I mean,
1: right. Because if you win, like, it's a great deal. It's a, you know, it's a great big deal. But nobody was
2: wondering if you were going to win. Right. right. They, they were already counting you as a winner. Yeah, like, like hope Spencer, down, obviously. And he might be a top five guy ever in college, except he didn't win. Yeah. So it's, like, so it's like, it could happen. Yeah, and, like, what's tough about those kind of situations is that Spencer's collegiate
1: career, when you look yeah. at it, In reality, isn't changed that much by what happened. No, but if we're being honest, it's completely changed now. Right. Because you go from being one of the best college wrestlers of all time to being like, oh, the first guy to lose going for like it's that's hard. Yeah. And and no matter how tough of a guy you are, you're like, well, I don't want to be the guy that loses. (laughs) Right, right.
2: Because because as much as fewer people
1: have walked on the moon. There's never been a three-time champ that lost for his fourth, right? So you're like, dude, I don't want to do that, right? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, and I mean. then you had to wrestle right after that. Yeah, and then it's right. like I'm coming off the world silver, so now it's like even more, right? And like a good example, I think about was when when I lost to Gomez, I saw him take give an interview after, and he was t- he literally talked about how like, he knew that the moment the national tournament ended, I didn't think about college wrestling again until. October, and the moment the national tournament ended for him, he spent April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November Trying to figure out how to beat me. Yeah,
2: he's like and that's my advantage, and I was like Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> right, well that's what I'm thinking, you're, you're with the weight of the world on your back So to speak, right? Yeah. You're going for a fourth national title. And it was and like, like, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it Right. But it was like freestyle, world
1: medal, world medal, win the world title, win the world title, and then you come back and you're like, dude I don't care about folk style, especially because the circumstances leading up to it, so it was like, I lost that gold medal match, and it, it's like, I was so close that it was, I got a, a little hyper fixated,
2: yeah.
1: where I was like, man, I just gotta figure out, and and especially because it was all in one position, like I beat me from underhook. So I'm like, man, if I could just beat that hook, I can win. So then it was like, I don't even care about folk style. Right. Just focus on, now I'm doing to him what these guys are doing right, to me. Right. And then I lose the match to Gomez, and it was like, and, and then it's like everyone and their mother is telling me how I wasn't focused enough And, and I, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not training the right way And I, it's like, okay, let's dial in Forget about the world championships Forget about fixing that stuff right now Focus on just winning this fourth one And then we kind of dialed in But, you know, I guess it sounds like I just made a bunch of excuses A better way to say what I'm trying to say is, when my attention was divided and because I hadn't lost in college in a while, I probably let that get away from me as far as my focus and you know, 99% of what I was doing was catered towards winning that freestyle title, winning that gold medal, winning that world championship, to the point where a week before I wrestled that Wisconsin match, I'm not sure if I really was thinking about it all that much which isn't really right because the reason that I hadn't lost in a while was because I was so dialed in on it. And then it was time to flip to the freestyle. And as soon as I let that focus waver, I mean, you saw what happened, I lost. And then it was like, okay. But the next thing was the World Cup. So now it was even more like, okay, I know we just talked about not worrying about the freestyle, but your next thing is freestyle. (laughs) So let's just keep doing that, I guess. We did that. And then it was like all in on the folk style. Folk style, folk style, folks, out, win that fourth title, and then after that you don't even have to wrestle again, so you're done. So I guess just kind of that, like, getting pulled in both directions a little bit, and, you know, some some new things were happening that I just didn't handle the right way, and it kind of reflected in that loss, where it was like, just my focus wasn't put in the right place, and I kind of needed to get steered on the right path, and unfortunately I had to lose to, to
2: pick up on it. So you got more surgeries, and you could count on yeah, two hands. I, I, how how do you mentally and emotionally come back to that? Because some people, they're done when that happens. One injury, one yeah. surgery, they're done.
1: You know, I, what what I'm fortunate is that I have a lot of really good people that I can lean on. You know, I have the coaches here. I have my family. I have my brothers. My friends are generally everyone in my life rallies behind me, which is awesome. And that's super important. On top of that, you know, there's a there's a level of intrinsic motivation where... I want, like, part of it is that I wanted to win the national title, but it wasn't like my wrestling career lived and died by that national title. So it had been different. If I had accomplished everything I wanted, you probably could have just let it go and been like, oh, I'm too hurt and and whatever. I wanted more. And then even if I did accomplish everything I wanted, it's like, well, I have more in me. And you know, you get your doubts of like, man, you know, am I gonna be the same? They're, they're telling me I'm I'm not gonna be able to touch my knee to them that. So I had, I've had i had my elbows, I had my ACL, but I had, so I had torn my meniscus right before I wrestled Zane and Final X. I lose and I was gonna get surgery, but then it, it went to the whole arbitration thing, so I get surgery after. After the surgery, they find I have a Baker cyst in my knee. So now, th- I tore my meniscus in May, now it's September. Baker cyst. I'm draining it, filling up, draining, filling up. I mean, my leg's so full, you could push and it left an indent on my leg of blood and swelling. And then I get the Baker cyst removed arthroscopically. So, you know, little incisions in my leg to take that out. But that was in January. The Olympic trials were in April. So I was going to have like six, eight weeks to get ready for the Olympic trials. Like one of the biggest tournaments my whole life then covid cancels everything and it was like kind of a blessing cuz i'm like man at least i'll be healthy but then <clears throat> i start getting really sick like Every month I'm getting super sick and my knee's getting really swollen and I'm getting sick and, and I, I didn't even pick it up and then the second time it happened I'm like wait I'm getting swollen and I'm sick. These, There has to be some kind of connection. And I was really sick like fever, sweating, achy, all this stuff. My dad's like you're coming home we're taking you to see a doctor and I have an infection growing in my leg. Um, They drain my leg 40 cc's of like yellow comes out and they're like the doctor just literally looks at you, he's like, Keep your phone on you. We're gonna call you. You're going in for surgery today. And I was like, Okay. They sent me home. That was at like noon. You had to call at like 7 p.m. Hey, come to the ER. You need a, like emergency surgery. I was like, I go to the ER. This is all now June. So now it's it's over a full year of this knee injury. Right? Tormentiscus in May and now we're in June. And I um I go in. And they're like, you have an infection growing in your leg, we have to operate right now or it's gonna go septic and we're gonna to have to shave part of your bone down in your knee. I'm like. So I go in and I have the scar back here. They've like filleted my leg open, literally just ran like a dis- like salt water and just and flushed it out. Then I'm in the hospital, it's COVID so no visitors. I gotta wear a mask the whole time. So I'm like super uncomfortable. I just had surgery, I can't have anyone visit me. I'm eating hospital food for a week. Because that was the other thing. Originally, they're like, come in for surgery, you'll go home in the morning. Then they're like, actually, we're going to move it in tomorrow morning. Then I get the surgery, and they're like, you have a serious infection. We got to wait and see what it is. That process took a week of being in the hospital. They had to like, do my PT with me, let me teach me how to walk. I couldn't shower, so I'm getting like loofahs and wiping them off myself. But I can't touch my knee because they're like, if you get that thing wet, you're going to go septic again. This whole thing. Then they take me out of the hospital, and they're like, this infection was really bad. Like it's very strong medical. It was like not MRSA, but they're like your antibiotics were not working, and that's why it grew so bad. So I got a pick line when they leave the hospital in June. So pick line, there's a there's a an artery that goes right here all the way to your heart. I think it's an artery. It's got to be an artery, and um, but I could be wrong on that. So they they put the little this little tube in here, and they just seal it with a cap. Now this tune goes from, I think goes to my heart, pumps out the rest of my body. So if something got, so the way it works is you inject medicine into it, and all you do is you just screw the syringe into the tube, push it slow, and that's what they're telling me, right? Moves through my whole body that way. Now this way, it's like my whole body's getting this antibiotic. What they don't say is they're like, if you get any infection in here, it'll go through your whole body and probably kill you. So you really have to be super careful. I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, if you get something in there and you don't catch it, it'll, your whole body's gonna get that infection. So you have to be... So I'm like, I can't break I I can't even break a sweat. The tube's sticking out of my body, so it's like, God forbid, a little drop of sweat gets in there. So now I'm like, I'm, I can't even move. And they're pumping me three times a day, 10 cc's of saline, so salt water. Then I get an IV drop for an hour and a half. Saline, three times a day. So now it's like... I'm sleeping bad because I'm waiting for this IV drop. I'm, I'm so uncomfortable because I have this thing sticking out of my arm and I can't work out. I can't do anything for eight weeks. Then on my eighth week, I get a call <laughs> from Mike, my coach. And he's like, hey, can, beat the streets wants you to wrestle really. I was like, when? He's like, five weeks from now. I'm like, okay, I haven't, I haven't exercised yeah. in yeah. two months. You
2: were just getting help walking.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm like breaking a sweat walking up the stairs. I'm so fat. And I was like, "Mike, like, what weight? Like I'm heavy." I and I He's like, "Don't worry about the weight." I'm like, "Okay." And I like remember I I had such a hard time making 150. <laughs> Cuz I was so swollen. And then I lost that match. I wrestled horribly and I was so embarrassed and Mike was like, "Well, at least you're healthy now." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." And Mike's big on like trial by fire. So he's like, "I don't mind throwing you in there to the wolves every once in a while." Like, Let's get the ball rolling. And then after that, it was like, I haven't had a problem since, but that took a lot. Cause it's like, dude, I've been dealing with this injury for a full year. They canceled the Olympic trials. I'm getting sick all the time. I'm getting surgery. They're telling me I'm going to freaking die if this pick line gets infected. Like, am I losing my mind? Like, am, am I done? Like, not even like I wanted to be done, but I'm like, is my body done? Is this the end of the road for me? You know what I mean? And that takes a lot, but. You lean on your people, you know what I mean? They kind of help you through it, but that was a good 13 months of like not being healthy. I mean, imagine a full calendar year of repeated injuries. I had three surgeries in that time. Like, dude, am I, like, what's going on? I'm, tw- I'm, I'm 21 years old. This isn't supposed to be happening. But then it's like, maybe I should be done. Like, you know what I mean? And that That's like hard, but you know, you get people and then you get to the other side of that and you're like, I'm good. Yeah. Now it's like, you can roll with anything you know that's that's hard That was really hard and that was the kind of thing you know like like that's a lot to deal with especially when you're 21 years old is a lot to deal with but it was like since I was 10 I've been doing this whole trial by fire physical emotional mental emotional pressure where it's like you know you you t- 10 11 years of getting pushed all the time once a week uh, where it's like you're pushed your psyche to the brink and now it's like, all right, this horrible situation for a year. That's a long time to be dealing with that. But then it's like you kind of are leaning on all of these things that you've been through, you know, the like the stuff with my dad, the stuff with Mike, the stuff from just regular wrestling puts you through, you know, weight cutting, all that. And you kind of lean on those things where it's like it would be really hard for, I would imagine, for somebody who's never dealt with a lot of pressure to then be thrown in that situation. But because I've been challenged in so many ways, it was kind of like, yeah, this is a really tough experience for me, but not my first time being pushed like this, I'll be okay. And that's a really valuable thing to have. You can kind of lean back on that, where it's like, you know, my wrestling career was knocking at the door, like maybe I'm done, but like, no, I've been through enough craziness in my life that like I can roll with this and I'll be okay and get to the other
2: side. Of it. The time is now to take your mindset to the next level with wrestling mindset. Make sure you go to our website, WrestlingMindset.com, and sign up for your free trial session today. Don't wait any longer. You want the mental edge right now. When you sign up for the free trial session, you're also going to get a copy of our free ebook, Building the Predator Mindset. This book has helped thousands of people build confidence, relax under pressure, get motivated, and build mental toughness in wrestling, school, and life. Make sure you sign up for your free trial session today. All right, so zooming into the peak performance, when you're at your best, what are you telling yourself? What are you focusing on? Everyone's got their warm up, but the, yeah. like your pre match routine, the 15 to 20 minutes right before you step out there, what are you telling yourself?
1: So, what's ironic is that I've been a huge naysayer of sports psychology my whole wrestling career. I'm like, I don't need that, it's stupid, I don't need it. And then, you know, I had a really poor performance at Final X against uh, Nick Lee this year, and I was like, you know what? I think I need that. And what I had realized was that. My whole life, I, 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 had, I had been really good. The state that I operate best in when I'm wrestling, very relaxed. Like, if you watch my matches, you'll see I'm kind of rolling my shoulders. I walk out there. It, it's not what you would expect. It's not like an MMA fighter where they're like, ah, running on that adrenaline. It's very relaxed. But for me, like, that's that flow state where it's like the world is moving slow. And it's like I can't really hear anything. I'm just locked in. And as you get older, you know, like the pressures of life kind of weigh you down a little more. I had never realized I never really had a method for relaxing. Yeah. So in the last, you know, three, four, five months, I've I've kind of built this routine for myself of, you know, ways that I can calm myself down. But now, you know, I need, I take five minutes before my mash. I, I go through my little physical warm-up, right? Get your shoulders loose, knees loose, hips loose, all that. And while I'm doing all that, it's just... About keeping my emotional my uh, my arousal low. I don't want to get reeled into the energy, the crowd, you know, my own excitement. All those things for me are a huge huge tax emotionally and and on my conditioning. Right? It's like you don't want to wrestle a match before you wrestle it.
2: Exactly.
1: So it's like how can I get myself down? You know, use the things I've been learning now. Using these these we'll call them you know using my methods to just keep myself calm, keep my breath deep and slow, You know, keep my shoulders low, let myself hang loose. And then when it's time to go, it's like 30 seconds a minute before, lock it in. Now it's like, boom. But because it's coming from a place of relaxation, I'm not like this going out there. It's like, everything's loose. You ever seen like a lion when it's about to hunt where it's like kind of laying there and you see it like everything like tightens up? It's like that where it's like, I'm loose, I'm relaxed, but I'm warm, everything's ready physically. Now it's like flip that switch and get out there and you're like, boom, and go. And I think for a while I was missing that and just kind of learned to do it by shutting my emotions down, but, but not really addressing my nerves or, or anything and, and just kind of focusing. <laughs> yeah. and, and it gets to a point where there's a certain level of, of emotional stress in your life, even outside of wrestling that you're like, all right, I need some methods to relax. And I think that's kind of what I learned in the last couple months that <clears throat> really helped me. And I guess to answer your question briefly, it's just about letting my, getting my body warm, letting my body relax, and then finding that relaxed place in my mind where it's like, the world is at peace. And then flip it where it's like, now go. And you get out there, you know what I mean? Right. And having, having a little routine that takes me five minutes. It's not a lot of time, but it's enough to just settle me down and then lock it in it.
2: Now you, you practice that routine daily. on your own daily?
1: So the, what I do, you know, I, I do my best. To, I'd be lying if I said I never missed a day of it, right, right, but 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes at night, just like wake up, put yourself, try your best, right. To put yourself in that fire where you're really nervous, I, you know, there's something going on in my family and I have a big match and all this stuff and then it's like reel yourself in and go. And then, you know, do that twice a day. Yeah. Where, where, you know, you're putting yourself in different situations, matches, practice, conditioning, you know, lift, whatever it is, put yourself in the fire, let the pressure build and then like get yourself to bring it back down, lock in and then you're like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just keep getting that habit of like, feel the pressure Bring it back. Yeah, you're drilling um, that mindset, yeah. you're drilling that emotions daily. by going through it daily. Yeah, and because you can talk theoretically, it's like, it's a, it's the, like the Oppenheimer movie, like theory can only take you so far. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. like, eventually you gotta feel it. And if your first time feeling it is in the match, right. then all those methods, like, yeah, they help, but they go out the window because you, you have nothing to lean on. Yeah. But if you've been doing it every day, then it's like you have a little bit of a foundation where you're like, all right, I've been, I'm, I'm here, I've been doing this. So, maybe a month ago, I was in Baku, Azerbaijan. It's a small country, just north of Turkey. Very good wrestling. And um, I had a long flight, I got in at like three in the morning and then turned around and wrestled the next morning. Cause they were like, take the day off. I'm like, no, I'm, only, I'm here to train, I might as well train. And I come in, I'm wrestling with their guy. He's number two on the national team. He had took third in the European Championships. He's very good wrestling. And I'm like exhausted and, and, and I'm a little bit nervous because it's like, all right, I'm here. I, I, I want to wrestle good. And I'm only here for like a week and a half, two weeks. So in my head, I'm like, man, if I lose a day, like I, it's one day out of 10, like it's literally 10% of this can't experience out the window. So I'm like, all right. And, you know, it's it's new new atmosphere. I didn't sleep great. You know, I'm not physically not doing great. You know, they're pushing me. I don't even speak their language. So I'm kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Very stressful. And then I, I get the word... I understand they're like, all right, match. I'm like, okay, well time is now. <laughs> and I kind of like go through my little thing. Like they give us a water break and they're like five minutes, then match. I'm like, all right, well I have five minutes. Let's try to make this work in five right. minutes. I go through my little routine and then I actually wrestled really well. I felt horrible, like physically felt horrible. But it was like, it was a weird experience because I, my whole life, I if I felt bad, you know, you felt bad and then you, you wrestled good with what you had. but. It was the first time where like, yeah, physically I wasn't doing great, but I felt emotionally I, I was in a good place. I was really calm and relaxed. And then it was kind of this like, because again, it's like, it's the same thing as practice. You're like, man, I'm wrestling great in practice, but like, I hope this translates. Right. Where it's like, yeah, all this stuff feels good when I'm practicing it alone in my bed. Or in the life. wrestling room and match day, but I'm wrestling Meyer and Vito and Julian. Yeah. But now I'm wrestling this guy and the coaches are yelling in a different language. I don't even know what's going on. Right. Now it's like, let's see if I if my foundation really holds and fortunately, you know, it did and hopefully I keep building and I'm sure there's going to be other times in tournaments or whatever where I'm tested and challenged and I'm going to have to lean back on that and go through that routine and dial back in and now at least I have a positive experience where I'm like, no, this works and I, you know, I can, it, it works, I can do it.
2: No, oh, that's awesome. And practicing that mindset. Now talk about the first time, when's the first time you ever heard of sports psychology or mindset training? Because like most guys, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't need this. Like, yeah. I, I'm good.
1: Well, uh, my old thing was I'm like, dude, I'm tough. What do I need sports? Yeah. for? I'm tough. But it's like, it, what I didn't understand is, and Mike Gray, so the head coach of Cornell, Mike Gray, he actually brought the sports psychologist through college. And this was, you know, 10 years ago. I, it, I don't think it's as popular as it is now. Or, and maybe I'm wrong, but it was the first time I had ever really heard of somebody I knew doing it. You hear about like, Michael Phelps as a sports psychologist. I'm like, okay, but he swims, yeah, it's right. different. And I'm like, wrestlers are tough. We're tough, we don't need it. But Mike's whole thing with me, and it, unfortunately it didn't get through my thick skull until I lost a really big match. it's not about being tough. He's like, it's about having a routine because again, there's days where you're not, you don't feel good and, and all those things. And yeah, you're trained to push, but what if you didn't have to? And we could just we could just work backwards and kind of unravel that a little bit. Like, well that would be better. So, so that's kind of the the foundation is like there's this thing around it where it's like I don't need sports psychology because I don't need a therapist. It's not therapy. Right? We're we're building we're building methods that you can use when you're facing certain situations in a match. Because no matter how tough you are, you're gonna get stressed. No matter how tough you are, you're gonna be tired. No matter how tough you are, you're gonna feel worn out. And if you have methods or things that you can do to help pull you from these different emotional states to reel you back in, then you're good. And on the flip side of it, if you say oh I just tune my emotions out, that's not true. You're just you're consciously not feeling it but that doesn't mean subconsciously you're not. It doesn't mean that your warm-up is affected or your night before you wrestle is affected because you're you're just tuning it out right when you go out there. You can't tune it out for 24 hours. You can't tune it out for an hour right. so you need methods to help reel those things in and I think for a long time I was like I'm tuning it out tuning it out tuning it out I'm, I'm focused I'm locked in but you can only be like for so long before you need a, a method <laughs> right. Right. it's the same thing as a kid you can only get in there and scrap for so long before you have technique right. and I needed some technique and I needed some things to help me and you know, like, like I said, Mike had thrown the idea around for years. You know, I'm hearing it from my girlfriend. She was a gymnast, she was a gymnast in college. It was like, I think it would help. I'm like, what do you know? You didn't wrestle. Yeah. And that was kind of my, <laughs> my answer. I'm like, well, it's not, you didn't wrestle. It's different. Yeah. And, you know, it had been years of hearing about it and just being like, I don't need it. And then, you know, it kind of clicked and, and on top of all that Vito started doing it like November of my senior year and we saw what happened. It kind of took a couple months, clicked, and then all of a sudden it was like nobody could beat him. And he'll, he'll make the joke, he's like, I don't know if I got any better at wrestling. He's like, I think I just found some consist- consistency. And that was really what I needed was consistency, where it was like, no, no, you know, sometimes you're good, sometimes you're bad, like you're always on it. And having that consistency, having a routine, having a way that I can always reel it in, dial it in, was something I was missing. And like I said, it took took me a big loss before I listened to all the people who have been
2: yeah. And, and it seemed like that just now everything started to gel at the way you were approaching all your other training It's like technique. You weren't leaving to chance. Yeah, you were you were asking to be critiqued like yeah. hey, help help me. Help. strength Technique uh, uh, you your know conditioning, conditioning every nutrition. It's I, like, I was hypercritical of everything yeah. in my
1: process and then sports like I'm like well, who cares? And and what's ironic about it is I would have never said who cares to my diet right or and and You could argue that there's Mental aspect matters more than some of those things, but I I would have never left my diet or my conditioning or my technique or my strength to chance. But I was leaving this thing to chance because in my head, I'm like, well, I don't need it. But in reality, and this is the argument Mike had made to me for years. Well, even if you don't need it, why don't you just train a little bit? Like, oh, I'm in good shape. I don't need to condition. Why don't you just do it every once in a while? Wouldn't kill you. And that was kind of, I need to do it. (laughs) And I wasn't for a while and then you know I kind of hit I don't want to say rock bottom because it was like
2: yeah.
1: but I hit a, a low enough low that I was like okay you're right yeah <laughs> you know and and it, it just took a little bit of pushing maybe you know my ego but also just
2: my stubbornness to the side and being like okay let's let's do this yeah now if you could go back to your younger self like what when, when would have you started that Like, I am I'm sure that could have helped grow growing up yeah right I mean because we say it all the time. Them hearing it from you is a totally different yeah. story, right? You know, like that they don't need to feel that these kids don't need to feel like that that like yeah. I got to hold back. I want to be tough. Like yeah. this is just another aspect of your game. Yeah, and and the way that
1: kind of helped me conceptualize it was, it's just it's just a routine. It's it's a it's a way. It's a method. It's a method of getting ready to wrestle. The same way all of your other things get you ready to wrestle. Like wrestling is wrestling, right? You're gonna go to practice no matter what. You lift to help your wrestling. You condition to help your wrestling. You diet to help your wrestling. You do the mental training to help your wrestling. And you know, for me, I don't, I don't know if there was a specific age where it was like, now I needed it. But there was, a, there was definitely times going back to when I was a little kid where it would have helped to have had a way to organize my thoughts because I think on how many ten-year-olds, and and part of your ten, right? So it's like on a on a certain level, how much would it have really clicked with me? But the same way I can teach you a move that maybe you can't understand right now, but you'll do when you're older. I can just expose you to these concepts. Right. So I'm not going to say that there's like an age. You know, by by 15, he's got to be doing it. No, but if you feel like as a kid, as a parent, you know, whoever, that there's inconsistency in your wrestling or there's pressure, there's stress, there's there's a disconnect between your room and your match, whatever it is then it could be technique it could be all these things but it could also be the sports side of it so if you're like all right i'm a high school wrestler my diet's on point i'm strong i'm in good shape my technique's on point and just some matches i just randomly wrestle horribly there's a consistency issue which means that you know you're not
2: always hitting the same mental focus Right. And now it's just for a guy was a problem or it could also be like a guy who's just looking to maximize their potential. Yeah. Right? And, mean, yeah, And that's the other side of it. Right. Is being like, proactive. Right. I, I don't want to get dominated. I don't want you to overpower me for me to start weightlifting. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, like, and that's kind of the, <laughs> the thing is like I had to hit rock bottom.
1: But like I've lost a lot of matches between the first time Mike and I had that conversation to now. And it's like, who knows how many matches could have been saved because I, right. I thought I felt good, but I didn't. Because that's the other thing that I've learned is that until you do that stuff, Sometimes you don't even realize when you're when you're off. Right. You're just off and then you're like, uh oh, my, you know, uh, I just whatever, didn't wrestle great. But like right there, that, oh, I didn't wrestle great comes from something. Right. And if it's not a technical issue, like it has to be that. You can't even argue it's something other than that. Hmm. So then it's like, all right, I'm an athlete. I want to take my wrestling career very seriously. I'm going to lift, going to diet, going to condition, going to train a lot, going to get my individuals in probably gonna do some sports psych because it's like, if I'm getting the most out of my body and my my lifestyle choices and my wrestling, I should get the most out of my mind as well. The same reason I study film just in case I can get something, even if I feel like my technique is good, it would be helpful to do the sports psych just in case I get something that can help me that way.
2: Yeah, you're gonna be thorough, you're gonna cross your yeah, T's, your eyes, you're not gonna give the a chance.
1: Because, it, hey, if I'm half in, half out, yeah, maybe I don't do it because I don't even really care that much. But if I care, why wouldn't I address everything? Right? So then it's like if I want if I actually want to find results and take my wrestling career to a level that requires professionalism, and I have to be a professional about it, and that means addressing everything down down to my psyche the moment I walk out there. And like I said, if Mike had that first conversation with me in 2018 and it's 2023, like that's five years of wrestling that could have been better that maybe didn't get addressed. And then it, you can push that all the way back to however old. You know what I mean? Right. Where there were times where... And I, I, I consider myself someone who gets a lot out of his training. Like I really am all in when I'm doing it. So then it's like, man, if I added something else that I could be all in on, like how much more could I have gotten out of myself? And those are the kind of questions I have to live with.
2: But now it's like, I'm gonna address that. Right, right. And how has that affected you, not just the wrestling, but also just in life? Because it's not just, okay, yeah, maybe you could have saved some losses, but also just overall well-being, happiness. Yeah, I mean, I suffered my losses hard
1: for a long time. You know, I mean, there's been clips of me talking about throwing my trophies out my window, and and like, I suffer those hard. And (laughs) whether that's good or bad, that energy that I'm just putting into beating myself could probably have gone to somewhere more productive where it's like of course it's gonna hurt you're, you're not gonna be happy when you lose and you're not gonna be happy when you win and wrestle bad but all of that negative energy if I had maybe a better way to change my view of that could probably go towards something that I let go to the wayside and just keep beating myself over the back for wrestling poorly and like that's that's hard. And then you take into, you know, your school and your family and and you know, you have a bad practice. Like I if I had a bad practice, it like ruined my day to the point where it was like debilitating. And if those are the kind of things, like if I had a little method to just kinda of like all right, reel it in, it's okay. You know, this is what went wrong, address it and move on. If I had just something like that, probably would have t- <laughs> taken some stress away from me at you know, at a younger age. And um and that's really what we're talking about. Like when you establish a routine, really what you're learning is you're learning how to go from high stress, high, you know, anxiety to low stress, low anxiety. And, and it doesn't just apply to wrestling. It's a method that you use to tell your brain to relax. And I'm sure that we've all been in situations outside of wrestling where it would be helpful to have been relaxed when you were stressed. Right. And just by building those methods, like, yeah, I'm using them in wrestling. But that doesn't mean I can't take five minutes when I'm doing homework or five minutes in a test or five minutes before I have to give a big speech or something to just like, and do the same thing, go through the same routine. Except now instead of being physically prepared, I'm just, it's more mental, emotional preparation.
2: Right, no, that's huge.
1: Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing that you get, it's one of those things that if it doesn't work, it's just because, you know, you, you have to buy in. Oh, just anything, like anything, anything you got to Just buy like anything. It, yes. And you're like, oh, it doesn't work. Like, you got to take it seriously. And, and it's hard because you, you, especially in the beginning, when it's very new, you got to have to kind of, like, play actor with yourself. Where you're like, okay, you know, because it's, when you're, do, let's just take visualization. visualization, for example. If you've never done that before, it feels silly to sit there and be like, okay, now I'm in, in right. wrestling practice. But you have to do it. You have to do it and if you don't take it seriously and you're like uh, uh, right, like then you're not gonna get anything from it but yeah so there's a level of you gotta take it seriously just like anything like you can't just you can't just check it off the box and say you did it you have to take it seriously but if you do almost always you will get better results than if you did it because it's just sharpening sharpening your mind which you know as a, as a sport we're tough where discipline, all these things. But we never train our mind to to focus in. We always right. train to battle through, battle through, battle through. But sometimes it's like, don't battle through. Just focus. Right. Yeah. Take all this noise and, and focus on just the straight path. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and do it in a way where Yeah, there's all this craziness going on around me, but that's not gonna keep me from dialing in right and and instead of just like i can handle it i can handle it learning how to push that weight off and, and, right. and focus on what's going on and then bear the weight of something else later
2: yeah and and it's like and it's like just with like your, your technique there's different aspects i yeah. well, it's the same thing with the mindset it's like like you said it's not just being tough yes that's one aspect of the mind but then there's also the relaxing there's yeah. also the focus like there's relaxing is a skill it's, and yeah. that's something that took me well, a while are all skills right they're so skills. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it takes time to develop. Like instead of not just looking at mindset as so one dimensional. Like I got, I, I have it or I don't have it. Yeah. It'd be like it be like a strength coach looking at the body and saying like, "Yep, this person's strong. Yeah, kind of strong. It's like no, that's like what, look at their arms, look at their legs, look at their neck, yeah, look at their yeah. grip. And that,
1: a, yeah, you're and trying to bulletproof your like, mind.
2: All right, I'm I'm really good at being
1: relaxed. I'm really disciplined. I'm not that tough. He is weak-minded or he is strong. No, there's, there's oh. pieces that are missing. Yes exactly and there's pieces that he has same way you know with anything i'm i'm not disciplined but i can relax and i'm tough and i work hard and and i focus okay but you're missing something so even though you might seem like you have everything you're actually missing something right and what's tough about our sport because it is so intense and it's barbaric in a way that you want to be like no like m- my mind is steel trap steel trap mind right. nothing nothing but the thing with that is that there's there's a level of weakness in not accepting weakness you know what I mean where it's like no I nothing gets it like okay but we all do <laughs> you know, no matter how tough how strong is like everyone's gonna face those pressures the toughest people in the world
2: are tough but they also have means of of handling the stress. And reflection, right? So yeah. it's like, like time and place. When you're in a workout, when you're in a match, you do have to just snap it on. You can't yeah. be like reflecting, hey, what's going on? How am I feeling? Yeah. It's just a like grind it out. But after the match. You can sit there and be like, how did I wrestle? How was I, was I locked in the whole time?
1: Did I push as hard as I could? Was I relaxed? Was I focused? Was I disciplined with everything? Those are all things that are, yes, maybe technical, but mental as well, where it's like, sometimes you're not disciplined because your technique is bad. But sometimes you're not disciplined because this is not firing and not focusing and then it's like, ah, and then something happens, right? right? And it's kind of thing where, you know, and that's an example, I'm tough, I'm tough.
2: Right.
1: This happened because it's a technique issue, but really you know what you're doing and it's ingrained, but you lack the mental focus to be locked in the whole time and, and you made a mistake because you weren't locked in. Had nothing to do with your toughness you had nine laps because you weren't training to stay focused for the whole time. And that's something that if you had walked away from the match and said, I'm tough, you would have never picked up on that.
2: Right, and that because, could have made the difference. And that
1: could, and that's the difference with takedown, right? right. And then, I mean, think about how big one takedown is, right? Right.
2: So I'm saying, whatever anyone's goal is, yeah. it's usually like one or two points that are separating you from their goal. So it's like, you need I mean, to think all. Think about them. how many one point matches decide
1: the biggest turn of someone's life. And then it's like, well, hey, that guy was able to lock it in, and the other guy wasn't for... I, one guy locked it in for seven minutes, the other guy locked it in for six minutes and 58 seconds. But like, yeah, I only need two seconds, you know what I mean? And, and that's it. And like two seconds costing you one of the biggest achievements of your life because you were like, I, I'm tough.
2: Right, and when you, you I mean, when you look at the total amount of time that was put in like physically, it's like... That is just like pages and pages yeah. versus like the, the relatively small amount of time. We talked about your mind, yeah. 15 minutes a day.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, everyone, like 15 minutes, especially if you're a kid, like on the bus to school, you just sit there and put your headphones in so that no one bothers you and just yeah. go through your little routine for 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that adds up because it's 15 minutes a day. And if everyone else is doing zero, right. then it's I have hours and hours and hours of work that you don't have. Right. By the time we wrestle. And that's a huge advantage to have. Oh yeah. That's kind of uh, how I think about it.